You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 9, Guest Appearances Galore. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in its terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast. The Fincast, or podcast, that, you know, does the thing. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. Thanks for coming to join us, Craig. Craig. It's, it's, it's been a while. It's been 87 <laughs> years. I appreciate it. Welcome back to America. It's been 17 years. How was your trip abroad? Don't it you ignore terrific. him, Raven. <laughs> <laughs> I have no frame of reference for what you speak of. I can't uh, no, it was good, though. No, it, it, I was in uh, Hong Kong and Japan. I didn't bring the coronavirus back. Excellent. Great news. Uh, fun times, as always. And I'm actually glad to be back on the podcast at was listening and it's funny like when you listen and i'm used to talking to you guys about it and i'm hearing your voices and it's like i want to talk and get a response back and it's not working yeah, just <laughs> yell at it louder yeah no it's not oh. coventry of the sword <laughs> i know i know it's, it's... so we've got a pretty unique episode uh lined up but before we get into that you know yeah. because you missed all both are retro reviews on Super Patriot, Craig. Do you have any like overall thoughts oh, about man. the series? Well, honestly, like it's probably the pod, the retro podcast I didn't want to miss because Super Patriot and Dave Johnson is amazing. Yep, mm-hmm. and listening to it was one of the more fun podcasts uh, that I'd heard. And you know, like you know, I've been in our podcast, but you guys just had a lot of fun with this one, and I was like, I wanted to join in so bad. There were a lot of slide whistles involved. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it's such a good series, um, and so well uh, drawn um, and well written. I thought, um, you know, for an action kind of story, but uh, it was funny because it brings me back, and I remember, you know, Super Patriot was probably one of the only like non-Image Founder titles that I thought was better than most of the Image Founder titles. That makes sense. You know, you had. You had ones like uh, Shaman's Tears or whatever, mm. like, you know. Uh, Trencher was cool, too, but, like, Super Patriot just came out, and it was like, man, this this guy's art is on the same level as, like, the best artists of the day. So and I did, was had it, no idea who he was. Was Super Patriot considered, like, one of those second wave titles with Wild Star and, and uh, Shaman's Tears? Yeah, I think and... it definitely wasn't, like, the founder's titles. I mean, when I remember at the time, you know, everyone was just excited about, you know, Jim Lee and Liefeld and Silvestri and, and Larson. Um, and no one, I, I didn't know who Dave Johnson was until this issue came out. I don't think anybody really did. 
and uh, the art is just amazing, especially when you look at the caliber of kind of art that was put on the spinoff books at the time, like especially a lot of like the Liefeld knockoffs and stuff. It just really wasn't that good. Which we'll get into later. Right, right. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> but it, it was just amazing. Like Johnson was doing stuff that I feel like even some of the these top tier artists couldn't do. It, it just and, and he was just perfect for all the tech and everything. It's yeah. just So I'm not going to keep going on and on cuz you guys went through a lot of and it. Good news, but, you'll have one more chance. When we get <laughs> I do remember I do remember Larson having to kind of change up his style on Super Patriot instead of just the tubes to kind of match Johnson's for a while, like all the the kind of crazy tech. And mm-hmm. he's since gone back to like just the simpler tubes, but uh, at the time, I mean, what Johnson was doing with Super Patriot's technology and stuff was just just amazing. You know, yeah. I haven't seen anything like it. Just good. It was cool. I love my. I particularly and I remember when you guys were talking about. It, and I love the the. The panels where uh, it was like Patriot from the different eras, mm-hmm. uh, drawn by you know, different artists. That was freaking awesome. I think and, I uh, think Raven Raven I cracked the code. I I think he was getting pretty heavily manga influenced or or anime influenced because that kind yeah. of like high tech stuff was pretty standard in anime at the time. Yeah, stuff like well, Akira and Ghost in the Shell and the like. I, I have a copy of Inside Image from August 93, which was like the image preview slash newsletter mm-hmm. where they interviewed a bunch of them. And uh, for Dave Johnson, they asked, uh, who, what did they say? Uh, for those who haven't seen any of your work, how would you describe your style? He said, Yero Manga Kudzu Tech. <laughs> Yero Manga Kudzu Tech. Nice. But uh, yeah, so anyway. I uh, I love the series. It, it made a huge impression on me. Um, I was bummed that it ended after it did, and, and he didn't really get back on it for a little while. But uh, the one thing that's funny, and, and I'll end it on this, is I feel like Dave Johnson is like one of the most well-known artists that really hasn't done much. Kind of true. You know um, it, he, <laughs> yeah, he became he just, he just, he a cover guy. Yeah. Yeah, he He's became like a, our Adams in a way. Although, like, yeah, do a few and and then just mostly covers. Yeah, wait a minute. He became a cover guy quick. And the funny thing is, is that like I don't know if we mentioned it, um, but like the career trajectory for like a comic legend really for if you look at like North American comics, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the names that people throw around like as really huge names, they actually don't fuck around with interiors that much. So it's kind of funny because with Johnson, he just blew up so quick and went down that path so fast. Although he right. did do one other notable work, and that was Superman Red Son. With oh, yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark, Absolutely. Uh, Mark Miller. But that's about it, really. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, I, mean, I, think he did, I, I he remember did a bunch he of did. Hellboy color, or BS, BPRD covers, I think I really I re- remember. I remember um, uh, Kirkman got him to do a page in Invincible, like during his like Justice League knockoff guys. He yep, did like yep. the Aquaman, and it was like the way Kirkman wrote in the letters page is like you couldn't believe he got him to do a page. <laughs> I mean, the but. the thing is, honestly, is that it's kind of like, I mean, it is harder to do panel to panel work just because you have less window of opportunity to really like soar and excel like illustration wise. And you do an illustration, like a cover or something. Uh, didn't Dave Johnson do a shit ton of um, 100 Bullets covers? Yeah, he did them all. Okay. That's, I think what put them on the map, too, and they were like, 
he's just he, he can he's awesome at design work too mm-hmm. you know oh yeah unbelievable and it's again it's a shame you got these guys that are really super uh incredible and uh you wish you could see more interior work from them but it's like that really is the career trajectory like you think about like art adams it's like dude he doesn't have to like yeah. fuck around with interiors like he could just he probably gets paid who knows how much per cover yeah. so it's like why no, would it's he just, it's just amazing that we got him on two series for like uh you know a second tier kind of savage dragon character which is is cool it's awesome i'm glad we got it you know it really is special like you guys said like Think about it. There's Red Sun. There's super the Super Patriot work. That's really what springs to your mind. Yeah. Not as an insult either. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, some people, like, really make a huge impact with a limited number of work. And, like, that's definitely where he and, is. And you guys are talking how, like, you know, it's not really collected, right? The second series is collected, but not the first. Right. Why Why is that? I uh, best guess is the coloring is lost oh him. yeah you did guys did say that it's just crazy though like because he said dave johnson's only got a couple of series that he did interiors and one of them's not collected it's like what yeah <laughs> and um it's one of those things i know it's like you know we talk about this all the time and eric always like sort of it's always the same answer it's like the money's not there yeah it like, costs, for, like no, for five thousand dollars to recolor one of these one of these books one of these issues we, bingo it just not, seems weird that there's not demand for like Dave Johnson collected series. Well, there but, probably is, but is there twenty thousand dollars worth of demand? Right, right. That's right. the problem. Yeah, and it's gonna it's worse with this because I think at this point, like we found where some of these pages, I think uh, what I gathered from our research for that FinCast retro was that he's not actually really big into selling his pages and stuff. And so it's actually kind of hard and rare to get stuff, but Super Patriot, some of that stuff did move and was sold. So it's kind of like the original art's gone. Like if you were to recolor it, you're talking about at that point separating the black from the color digitally from a comic. Oh, you you have to do that far. There aren't any like, what's it called, Um, electrostatic copies or... I mean, I think that I think at this point they weren't probably nobody was preserving that stuff, right? Is what's sad. So, yeah, Which you could do it. You could do it, but it just it would cost a bunch. Um, well, thank you for your opinion uh, on that, Craig. You know, of course, we always miss whenever you're uh, gone. We want to hear what you have to say too. So, thanks for chiming in on that. I, and, I do uh, want to give a shout out to Scott James who did an awesome job and i enjoy having him on so uh thank you scott if you're out there uh it was a pleasure listening to your opinions we just hear schmendrick just off in the distance (laughs) (laughs) schmendrick it's like oh so we got a very special episode kind of real quick i i goofed jim real quick before we (laughs) i'm sorry raven i'm gonna let you I no, I did. I'm sorry. I'm supposed Schmackle. to say what the FinCast retro is, and we did this whole thing without saying it. So I'm just going to say it real quick, and then let All you right, do your it. thing. FinCast retro, dear listeners, if you haven't listened before, is just where, unlike a normal Savage Dragon FinCast, like Savage FinCast, where we talk about the current issues, these are where we're going back. We're revisiting the past Savage Dragon issues and Savage Dragon relevant issues even cameos and stuff in their sequential publishing date like as close as we can 
that's all I had to say. Jim, take it away. You're the cat. Yeah, this is sort of a catch-up episode, because during this time period, Dragon wasn't just appearing in his own comic. He was appearing in many comics, sometimes for only one panel, but he was there. <laughs> uh, so we thought we'd just do a quick, these are all the places Dragon appeared between, like, 1992 and 1994, give or take. Some of them are significant, some of them not so significant. But I figured for completionist's sake, we should all we should say a little something about all of them. Unfortunately. <laughs> hey, gotta take the good with the bad. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah. There's some winners <laughs> you know, there's and there's po- some dogs. There are poor podcasts out there that have dedicated <laughs> themselves to reading every single one of these issues. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun, man. Uh, Going through here, definitely some of these are going to be, we're going to have a lot to say. Others, literally, like Jim said, there's just a panel. And so that we're not going to have a lot to say about that. So speaking but, of just although, a- although we do review one issue at times and it takes us two hours to get through. So we could probably say a lot about one panel. Yeah, yeah. that's my thought on the matter. <laughs> So, uh, kicking us off here, we got Spawn number four. Uh, speaking which, of one panel. Speaking of one panel, um, <laughs> is, and not only one panel, a panel we've seen before. Uh, <laughs> towards the end of this issue, there's a sequence where uh, Spawn sees Dragon on television, and mm-hmm. two kids interrupt him and are very rude to him. And it's a it almost uh, panel for panel identical to a scene that appears in Savage Dragon miniseries number three. Well, it's only one panel that's the same. It's it's one panel that's the same. The second panel has the same dialogue in each comic. Right. But it's from a different angle in the Savage Dragon comic. Oh, really? Because yeah. I remember those two kids running in shadow. I thought that was like an identical... Uh, no. That, that uh, right-on man, let's check him out, cool. I didn't in think Savage that. Dragon Mini 3, it's like a close-up on Spawn's face. Face and the kids are running in the background. Uh, well, that's interesting because, but it's the same dialogue. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, the whole scene is about Spawn is in a trench coat and two kids run up saying, "Look, it's that new superhero," and he thinks he's been fingered. But it turns out they're looking at Dragon on a bunch of TVs in a in a shop window. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the kids are named uh, Eric and uh, Rob. Yep. Because obviously, backwards image cap. You know, kids out at night, <laughs> like street urchins. So, there, like I said, there isn't really a lot to this cameo, because really it's just a cameo. The only f- dragon you see is his face on the television, and it's like classic wrong fin dragon in the cop uniform and the sunglasses, you know. The one everyone draws, because that's all they can remember. But it right. really wasn't wrong fin at the time. Eh. <laughs> Dragon's fin was kind of, was weird in the beginning. Like, all the... He didn't start getting that the fin like he has now until later. Much later. I still think this sequence is kind of like, it's funny. It's like self, definitely like self-aggrandizing. Uh, I remember even as a kid, I didn't love that the kids were named Eric and Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was reading it and I was like, oh, it, what is the point of this scene? Like this scene's so corny. <laughs> well, I think this scene, I think you said that this issue came out before the Savage Dragon miniseries. Yeah, like entirely. I think it was, I think it was drawn by McFarlane, and somehow I don't know like how the process is, but it's the same exact drawing, but with different inks in in Savage Dragon Three. 
But what I'm saying is, would this maybe be the first, like, indication of the larger image universe? It's got to be uh, up there as one of them. Um, just just a real note. I, I'm not a big Spawn fan. I, I don't know if I've mentioned. Um, <laughs> we so I, have, I, I haven't read a lot of Spawn, and I haven't even read a lot of this early Spawn. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, um, Tom McFarlane can draw. He's yeah, very, he's very good at it in this era. Yeah. Um, this is one of the seven he drew. One of the seven. One of the seven. You read it. Six to go. Jesus. Wait, <laughs> wait. This is issue four, and you said there's six. Oh, six. I haven't read. Okay, now I understand. But I think what's really stand out just in general is like the lettering and like how panels are all crazy. And, like, yeah. even caption boxes have, like, weird, like, scrolls and shit going on. And I got to wonder, <laughs> what happened to all of that? And why wasn't it present when we re- did the, read the Spawn issues for the Savage Fincast reviews? You know, um, Spawn actually won an award for its lettering. Like, I've never forgotten. And it is kind of funny. It's Tom to- Orzachowski, too. So. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like you can see why. Like like you said, like you've got just random words in color and underlining and things like, you know, bolding out and like you said like scrolls of There's paper. There's an entire page of just sound effects. Yeah. So yeah, Spawn's uh, lettering on point. <laughs> also, Spawn always has that like gray halo around his bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he still has that in the in the, maybe I'm wrong. I can't rem- really remember. Yeah. Also, I know so little about Spawn. I had no idea that Clown and uh, what's this guy's face are the same person. Violator. Violator. Clown and Violator? Yeah. 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 I thought they were two different people. Oh, man. I have got to ask you, what's your opinion, since you never saw it probably, of the devil? How do you think, what do you think of Malbolgia? (laughs) (laughs) Malbolgia. What do you think of that Um, design? They're unique. (laughs) It's highly different than the traditional devil design. I do not like it. Really? I like Violator a lot. Like, I think Violator looks cool as shit. I do not think that Malbolgia or whatever looks fucking good at all. They're not not as, they're not as, like, interesting designed as Violator. I feel like if it tried to make it in a real movie, it would look like some Jim Henson Muppet or something. Yeah. Yes, dude. Yes. Also, I think they might be gigantic. I mean, he's giant. Yeah, he uh, is. Oh, it's oh, one yeah, of these things. The, oh wow! You know what? I didn't notice it, but like the front, the side angle is way different than the front angle. It's got like a jaw that junts way the fuck out. You talking about Violator now? No, no, I'm talking about uh, whatever. Because Violator does the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's weird. Do you know that this issue has uh, the coupon number two for Image Comics number zero? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, two of what five? Two of like a hundred seven, <laughs> Brigade two, Savage Dragon three, Spawn four, mm-hmm. Young Blood zero, Cyber Force one, Shadowhawk one, and Wildcats two. Redeem sets of all seven coupons, and get a copy of Image Comics zero. Mm. Got my copy. I got Viral marketing. <laughs> Viral marketing in the uh, pre-internet days. Yep. Alright, so I think that's all we got to say about Spawn appearance. And we yeah. got come to Check. Shadowhawk number four, which is of much more significant. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a Talk cover about... penciled by Valentino and inked by Eric with Dragon on the cover. Dude, love it. It's a really cool cover. 
Love it. Love this cover. You can really see Eric's inks on this, I think. Mm-hmm. Like that tone effect on the roof. Yep. And then uh, Finn has many segments. <laughs> but what's funny, too, is like it's 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 like colored like a Savage Dragon like pinup would be. Yeah, of this era. With the, yeah, of with this the era. Really like, bright highlights. Yeah, the super bright whites and stuff. So it's kind of like this pinup like could be a poster in Savage Dragon. No, it's good. I, I I feel like I know Valentino penciled it. It's super heavy on the Larson inks, and I feel like Larson probably did the cityscape because yeah. that's very Larsony, mm-hmm. big time. And the little like squiggles, uh, like the inking and stuff, like the squiggles for the reflection on the windows. Uh, yeah, Shadowhawk's uh, shoulder pads are very Larsony of the time. Mm-hmm. It's cool though. I love how like he always makes like dragon like shatter like stuff when he stomps so like the edge of the building's just like cracking debris just debris going over the edge yeah <laughs> it's good dude yeah, i love this era, cover the era where, where dragon's not all huge yet too he's still kind of just like a bulky schwarzenegger type agreed it's a good look and what's funny is like when you when you see this like image you know striking image of you know dragon as a cop like you get why so many people just have that like idea of dragon as a cop cemented in their head right. so much yeah. like they can't get away from it even like 28 years later like see i got that one right motherfuckers <laughs> but like <laughs> but yeah 28 years later like and we still see people like i'm just saying it's a powerful visual like him as a yeah. cop no, so. in this cover, I gotta say, like, really stuck out, and it's probably one of the best covers of the early image days. Agreed, agreed. Um, I have read a bit more Jim Valentino stuff than I have the other image founders, except for Eric, of course. Um, I am but not, I, but I have not read any Shadowhawk, so you're not missing anything. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fan. I, I liked uh, Guardians of the Galaxy by Valentino, uh, the Marvel stuff. The stories were amazing. Yeah. Um, just, well, I, I don't know, amazing, but they were just, for the time, I guess, I haven't gone back and read them, but I remember it as a kid loving them. Like, they were just, they were real fun. And I felt like Shadowhawk was just, like, a grim Batman type. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't see the... I was a little disappointed from him going from Guardians to Shadowhawk because I just felt like it was too gritty and not fun now, at I've, all. I've primarily experienced Jim Valentino through his his uh, old indie comic Nor- Normal Man, yeah, which yeah. I have the archive of, which I love. Uh-huh. Uh, What's funny is an outsider's perspective. Um, I ne- I didn't read Shadowhawk mostly because I was not super in love with his, like, visual, you know? Right, right. But I did think that he was cool. I just, you know, it was a budget thing. I just couldn't pick it up. Right. But I will tell you that I was keenly aware that he was a potently divisive character with his, like, backbreaking. Yeah. Like, even if you didn't read, like, you knew that was Shadowhawk's thing, is he'll fucking break your back, right? Right. And then didn't didn't he have, like, AIDS or something? Yeah, HIV. I yeah. think that comes up later because right now, in the terms of this story, his identity is still a secret, even right. it, from the audience. Like, there's like a bunch of characters in this book that it's like implied to be. 
At least that's the impre- this is the only issue I've read, of course. So I, I don't know if maybe it was revealed in an earlier issue, but as best I can tell, there's a bunch of like red herring characters. And- yeah, no, they don't know. Like that was a thing. Like who is Shadowhawk? I even remember like. I feel like one of the because it, it, he had three different miniseries, I believe, yep. at least to begin at with. At least three, right? And a lot of them had like gimmicky covers, and one of them was like a cover where he like lifts the helmet off somehow. I for, I forget. I have it somewhere. Um, I haven't gone back and reread them, read them, but it takes a while before you find out. But I will say this: just reading this issue, Valentino, I think, is someone I need to re-examine because he's a lot like Larson, I think. And he's got a very traditional style. Mm-hmm. He does, and he does, you know, and he's the guy behind stuff like uh, 1963 with Alan Moore, and oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and other stuff like that that feels like a. He's a guy who like has finger on like the nostalgia early. Like I get yeah, that. I, I get that. And like For we sure. always compare Eric to like uh, uh, Jack Kirby, and and and, and he's. Uh, Valentin's also very indie oriented. Like you said, like he 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 started off and spent a lot of time in indie comics. Yeah, and Shadow right. and Shadow Line still publishes a lot of like its own indie yeah. titles. Yeah. And when he was publisher, he pushed a lot more like indie feeling type comics. Right. Shadow Line's big stuff. I know they do Bomb Queen for sure. Yeah. But. What other? There was some other heavy hitter out of the Shadowline stable. I'm just—it's not coming to mind right yeah, now. I can't tell you off the top of my head. Shadowhawk and Bomb Queen are the two big Shadowline characters. But man, there's another, and I know I'm forgetting it. Listeners, I know you're going crazy. I'm sorry, but like, I know that there's a like Shadowline has like a third like uh, Cowboy Ninja Viking. That was one that of got the, optioned uh, for a film even. Yeah. Uh. Hold on, I got Which is crazy as hell. That's a Morning crazy Glories. Story. I got an internet here. Hold on. Morning Glories, right. Yes, that was it. Yep, that, uh, that's what I was thinking, I think. Peter Panzerfaust, Rat I've heard Queens. really good stuff about... Oh, Rack. Good Lord. Oh, yes, dude. Oh, he published A Distant Stoil by oh, Colin Doran. Okay. That's a big deal one. Okay, so he's doing good work. I mean, you're right, Jim. I, I, I've slept on Valentino hard, and I, it's not like anything that I'm like... Super like, oh, yeah, who cares? It's like, I think it's a failing on my part. Like, I would like to, like, you know, dig in a little deeper and, like, you know, get more, fill in that hole in my education. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I am similar. This but, is one of the best things we're going to discuss today. Yeah. So. I mean, in every way. <laughs> just to kind of get in the story of this issue, Dragon is in New York because this takes place roughly between the miniseries and the ongoing when uh, Frank Darling was sending Dragon out on assignments to get him out of Chicago, yeah, right. Uh, that included one of the wild, uh, uh, the Wild Star story and the Ninja Troll team up. Although that takes place in issue two, so eh, it's one of those, right? But at this time, Dragon would go to other places and like be like a problem solver to varying degrees of success. Uh, so Dragon's in New York, and they want basically want him to get, find Shadowhawk. And either stop him or get find, figure out who he is, or just otherwise confront him just just to uh, just to do something because they they've had no luck stopping this guy from paralyzing and killing criminals. Right again, that's his thing. Is he's a vigilante, but he is killing criminals. So 
it's kind of a problem for the you know law right, enforcement. He, he's, he's breaking their back. Breaking well, their not, back. He's not killing them. He's, he's just paralyzing pun- them. He's just punishing them. Yeah, he's paralyzing them. That makes sense. And there's this whole subplot with uh, some villains that I assume are Shadowhawks villains. Well, they're trying to get him to join their crew yeah. because he breaks backs if, if he's already halfway a villain. So they think they can change him. Yeah. It's kind of I, a- always, I always love fire. Like one of the, the, the villains in this group is a fire guy. Arson. Uh, arson. Arson. I just love how he's like, oh, I'm on fire. Everything I touch burns. He's like, how am I going to eat? But yeah. then he's like sitting on this apartment, walking around in this apartment. Nothing's catching on fire. It's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to hand wave a few things. <laughs> I do like uh, the use of a collage for the city. Like on that Midtown Vendetta panel where like yeah. Arson first shows up. Oh, that like is a photograph. Yeah, it's just a fo- color photograph, but it's just kind of like, I was like, you know, I don't actually hate that. I'm okay with that. Then there's a lot of other stuff tied in with other comics that we have no time for. <laughs> well, I do, I do like stuff. They throw in nice little nods. This is still yeah. the early Everyone's Connected era. Wait, who are the others? Where was that mentioned? I think it's another Valentino property. Oh, but that, like, I think we actually talked about one of their ads or something. Yeah, we might have. Uh, I want... Oh, I think I recall that. Yeah, let's try and spot the others. And, uh, I was, I'm trying issue. to find out where it's mentioned, though. Like, what page is is that? Oh, oh, see, oh, see, oh, well, oh they're yes. in that like lab or that yeah. space. That... See the others elsewhere in this issue, which suggests. Hmm, I don't know what that suggests. Um, but anyway, Shadowhawk is uh, catches a criminal in the act, someone with a gun. Uh, hurting a girl, so Shadowhawk comes in and beats the shit out of him, busts him up real good, and that's just uh, what Dragon needs to actually find the guy, and so Dragon heads out and confronts Shadowhawk. And fisticuffs ensue. Indeed, there's a pre- there's a pretty good fight here. Um, I kind of I kind of like how Valentino draws Dragon here, leaping down on the roof, the the page where it says Dragon says too late. Yeah, yeah it, it's pretty on model with what Dragon had looked like at so the time. Far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. This is actually like I don't have like we're oh man we're gonna get in some Oogie Dragons later, but like yeah, this is a really good actually yeah. like solid rendition. Yeah, he's not like weirdly skinny like Jerry Ordway's was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's on model, man. You know, and and also too, I think, and we'll get into it later. Like in another one, there's one where like. The powers just don't match up. You know, like Dragon, oh, I can't yeah. leap this chasm. It's like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, you can. <laughs> he, he totally fucking can. Yeah, we get some but pretty like, good acrobatics here. Dragon leaps over yeah. Shadowhawk's head, does a flip, pops yeah. him one. Yeah, which is great. Like I said, it's like he's on model. Like, he's doing things that Dragon would do. Like, that leap yeah. over, like you said, the one you just described, where he leaps over Shadowhawk's head to cut him off. That's great, dude. And, and he's really on, like, character too because he's like i hate you spandex freaks yeah uh although although he's a little um obsessive about uh due process in this issue a little more than (laughs) usual he's really pushing um, the cop stuff first here i i gotta say going back to the cover i enjoy that the cover reflects the insides besides like what larson was doing there i don't feel like there were many image comics that were doing that most of 
most of the covers were like pinup style covers. So it was it was cool. Yeah, it's funny. He's even says that like here. He's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, society makes most criminals. You make them a burden on that society. Talking about the backbreaking. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like like you said, he, he's really a, a public servant in this one. Yeah. Our society <laughs> well, yeah, I, is built on laws. <laughs> right. I think it works for this though because because Shadow Hot they're trying to show kind of the you know the yin and the yang here that Shadow Hawk's kind of the anti-hero that doesn't follow laws where dragon's actually a cop, you know? Right. You're right. That's actually a great point. That is a, they, they do lean into it, but that does draw the line very cleanly between like Shadowhawk wasn't even in his own book was considered like kind of maybe like a, a bad vigilante. And like here you have law enforcement, like, yeah, you're right. Just agreeing with you. You're right. That's actually a really good use of the character. This is good. This is a good issue. Like, good art, good use of dragon, good use of powers. But uh, then the fight gets stopped by this blackjack guy who can fly. I'm not really sure what he's, his total deal is. He's part of that criminal crew. Right. So, so yeah, that, the boss sends him out and they're like, get rid of dragon because they're trying to recruit Shadowhawk to be on their crew and Dragon's kind of getting in the way. Yeah, and, and they don't want Dragon to hurt him. Yeah, Shadowhawk's actually pretty hurt. Apparently, he's got like broken ribs and internal yeah, bleeding. Because again, it's, an, it's another. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm just, just say. he's just like a regular person. So getting beat yeah, up by yeah. Dragon is a big problem. Right. Of course, if this was uh, the mid 2000s, Dragon would just punch his head off and be done with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> this kick Dragon does to that dude's face. Hilarious. <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> Hilarious, dude. <laughs> that is the auto fellatio kick. <laughs> God, For the he, listeners, if you don't have the issue, it's just kind of like a, what is he? He's like swinging his legs over his he's, head. He's dislocated his hip. <laughs> yeah, he is kicking. Uh, the guy that is carrying him, like to try to paint a word picture for you if you're in your car like driving to work or exercising at the gym. He is, uh, the guy that's carrying Dragon is behind him. He's holding Dragon, like, under the armpits, and Dragon's facing the same direction he is, and Dragon is he's somehow... Like pulling, he's flying with Dragon, so he's right. got him under the arms. Right, and somehow Dragon's managed to kick behind his own head. with Swinging a big sw- his legs frontwards. So yeah, big swinging forward kick, yeah. And it looks weird as hell, dude. <laughs> and he does, it with so, only... enu- he does it with enough momentum to actually flip over our, to stand on the guy's back as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Ugh. Oh, kicks him in the Not face good. and flips up. Not good. <laughs> I do like I do like it, though. Like dragging you know, crawling out of the rubble. Yeah, he Fucking get, he super gets, freaks. Yeah, he gets chucked into an into a office building. Man, I like what, the, is I like, going, coming through the ceiling. Is that what it is? Yeah, he gets dropped yeah. through the ceiling. Yeah, the guy's like, you know, I can fly and you can't. And he yeah. just lets Dragon drop. And Dragon I think skyscrapers sm- out of wood now, I guess. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair enough. There's, there is wood in that pile for sure. That's true. That's true, right? It would be reinforced concrete or something. Steel. <laughs> but but here we just see wood. Your wooden can skyscrapers. I can I tell you something funny? Here's a little thing that applies exactly to this moment. You know, um, me and my roommate, both comic artists, 
and he comes to live here, you know, in Pittsburgh. And I'm walking around or whatever. And he goes, you know what I realized? And I said, what's that, dude? And he goes, walking around this city. He said, I realized I've been drawing cities wrong my entire life. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I said, I get it. I said, it's one of those things where when you don't really live around them, you just have the complete wrong what, idea. What, what? Like how? Uh, just basically like how you might compose a city. Like uh, yeah. when you've never seen or really spent time in and around a bunch of like, you know, buildings and stuff. And Pittsburgh doesn't really have skyscrapers exactly. But I mean, even just what Pittsburgh has, you get an idea quickly that the things you were maybe making up, you just like putting, for example, wood in a heap of, you know, in the heap of a roof. That's the kind of mistake somebody who maybe never spent a lot of time in a city might make. I don't know. I'm just saying. I can imagine Valentino spent a lot of time in many cities, but I don't know. Well, he, he penciled, didn't ink. So we'll just say that. Because <laughs> yeah. he didn't. He Someone else inked this. So when, yeah. he probably didn't intend there to be wood grain texture on some of this. But, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah, just just to wrap this up, there's a whole bunch of stuff with the uh, the villains in Shadowhawk that we will just pass over. And the uh, end of the issue has Dragon flying out of JFK Airport back to Chicago, and basically saying his city's going to hell in a handbasket. Has to get home. Um, the the, the, the local cops thank him, but Dragon's confused because he didn't actually catch the guy. But Dragon did provide him with a detailed description, which they did not have before. Yep. Is that definitely that one panel looks like Larson actually drew and someone else inked? Oh, that that dragon face? Yeah. It is kind of a Larson dragon face, so I don't know. Anyway. Well, that's that. That's that. That is Shadowhawk. It's all downhill from here. Well, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so next we got a really brief appearance in Supreme number two. Which was what uh, year is that? This is published ninety two, ninety three, February ninety three, and it's yeah. written by Rob Liefeld but penciled by Brian Murray. Yeah, dude, I remember like just you know again we won't get too deep into any of this like really short appearance stuff, but I remember I thought man this Brian Murray art is fucking great. Oh, when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like ah damn. When this... I was a kid, yeah, yes. I don't think the coloring's very good. No, it's not, dude. No. But I actually think this is actually, like, compared to some of the stuff we've read, I mean, this didn't age horrible, really. It aged better than a lot, you know what I mean? The character designs aged horribly. What, Supreme? Not Supreme, but... The the enemies he fights. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, The, the very generic mooks, yeah. Yeah. So, Dragon's only appearance in this issue is in a big double page spread where we see basically all the heroes of the Image universe... Yep. As like a big spread. Uh, Supreme has just uh, awakened from whatever slumber he's been in for the last... No, no, no. He flew back to Earth. Oh, he's been returned to Earth. Okay. Yeah, he, after 50 years. So I think he left right after World War Two. He returned. Mm. And he finds... Yeah, then he finds all these heroes and he's, he's not super impressed with a lot of them because no. of how <laughs> uh, a lot of them are controlled by the government and kind yeah, of well, violent. Yeah, is the first page too? The very first panel. He's like Sentinel Glory, Super Patriot. All my old comrades gone. He basically says they're ultimately defeated by their own mortality. So they're all old. They're all or old dead. or dead. Uh, and, so- and then he's using his supervision, kind of right. Yeah. And he's like looking 
through, and I guess that's how he's kind of understanding what's going on with the current heroes. Yeah, yeah so, the dragon relevant thing is literally just almost like a just thought process. He's like, there's no way in hell all these people are in this one place. He's just sort of thinking through shit. Yeah. You get to see wet works and wild cats, and it's actually a pretty sweet pinup. Uh, Spawn, Spawn's enemies. Which ones? Brigade. Which ones? Wet works or the, is wet works the ones in the top panel? They're the no above bottom. dragon's shoulder. Yeah. Oh, that's wet works. The gold guys. Yep. yep. I see now. Uh, then there's brigade. I think the ones that are Spawn, the Spawn's drawn pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that chain, dude. That foreshadowing on or uh, foreshortening on that chain. Mm. Foreshadowing is for writing kids. <laughs> but yeah, this is the only real dragon bit in this issue, and I did just want to say that. There's like a Lex Luthor type character in this issue who's a complete mm-hmm. psycho because he basically yeah. murders Supreme's entire like old supporting cast. Right. His, yeah. his Lois Lane is Jimmy Olsen. Just like. Yeah. It, it's real brutal. So it's kind Billy of. Billy Nelson. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of implied he hits the uh, Shazam character with the news truck. No, I think that's supposed to be Jimmy that's Olsen. That's a Jimmy Olsen character. Oh, Billy Nelson. Same Billy clothes. Nelson, yeah. You're right. I'm an idiot. He's yep. a photographer. Yeah. Yeah, really grisly that page. <laughs> Louise, Louise Lane. <laughs> Yo, Louise. And, then, and apparently, there's. I think this is a bare woman's breast here. What? In that photograph. Yeah, he sexually assaulted Louise. Yeah, it's not sure. great. I mean, dude, there was a rapist in Shadowhawk. I'm just saying, like, it's the 90s, dude. People didn't like. Well, that was Supreme was supposed to be like a brutal Superman. Yeah, that, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Uh, mostly apparently because he comes back and everyone he lo- knows and loves is dead and so he decides he's gonna like kill people Jim how do you like I, that guy's fucking mouth on that page <laughs> what <laughs> like you know the how do you like that guy's mouth how do you like that guy's fucking that, mouth like no like the a, way he's it's making like, a <laughs> face <laughs> dude his teeth he's like <laughs> fuck you it was, the era, it was the era of talking through your teeth yeah, dude. Dude, the merman guy villain. He's a weird looking dude. So what's funny is that like I actually thought that that guy was cool as shit as a kid. <laughs> what the one with the yeah, wings? Yeah, you did. You were well, horribly wrong. Yeah, I was. Like, wait, but like wait, yeah, the one, one with fly the, around. The one that looks like merman with the wings. Yeah. The one that gets like uh, analyzed later in the issue, like Supreme's analyzed. like looking at him. <laughs> no, no, analyzed. <laughs> analysis but like the guy that like supreme far. uses got... the x-ray vision on that guy <laughs> I, for i i'll be honest i li- i kind of like riot's design because it's simple and he's just right he's right he's the speed he's the speedster he's the runner he's the fast guy oh okay with the with the with the uh with the dreads yeah you don't it's you funny. don't you don't usually see like ripped ripped uh super speeders like that yeah yeah they play into the tri- uh, the trope of being slim, right? Uh, yeah, but this is just yeah, these guys not are good. not the most memorable uh, in design or purpose. Also, there's like uh, there's a uh, one of those uh, sideways double page spreads in this issue. Yeah, what do you guys Eesh. think of those? Because I hate no. I hate them. No, not and, a uh, fan, dude. As a digital reader, it really double fucks you. Um. Can I also say that this was the era of bad names? Oh yeah, Grizzlock. Mm. As that the sounds name like for a transformer. A... Yeah, it is, dude. 
It it's, sounds like Grizzlor, the He-Man guy. It does not sound like a businessman, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Grizzlock, you fiend. It's like, mm, that is a Transformer. For sure. Yeah, this is just... I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of image comics where the artists just weren't ready for the prime time yet that were getting it. And I, it's funny that you were like, you love the art. I, I don't think he's I don't think, I think anybody said good, they love the art. Nah. I, Raven, you did when, when I think you said when you were young. No? I think, it, well, when I was young, dude, this shit worked. Like, I, oh yeah, listen, when I was young, I thought this was fucking bad to the bone. Like, I loved it. I loved it as a kid. Like, I'm not even going to play now. I think it holds up better than a lot of that stuff, but also, too, it's hard to ignore the problems. I think if it was colored better, it'd look better. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Like, you look at the scene where, like, the the prison? Like, how big is that room? Mm-hmm. And then look at, like, everyone standing on a different, like, angle. <laughs> I don't know, like, the toilet's so one dynamic. way. Like, it's yeah. so much energy. <laughs> It's just so strange. Uh, you know, I mean, the thing was, though, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm really not defending it, but, like, I'm just saying, it's kind of the hallmark of the era, dude. I mean, people, it was, like, the rule of cool, like, style over substance. Like, people were doing fucking wacky shit, like, as long as it looked good. Like, the teeth, man, the gritting teeth. It is, like, gritting teeth overload. There's a page in here where, like, the Lex Luthor insane villain is gritting his teeth at a smile, and the next panel is like Supreme gritting his teeth but right back. Yeah. It is just the grittiest issue. Like, so many teeth, dude. Just perspective is so bad throughout this whole <laughs> issue, though. It's like, shouldn't you be able to it's a, just. It's a fisheye lens. <sighs> it's so strange. <laughs> Yet somehow like, shouldn't a you be able to master perspective before you're a professional like comic book artist? I don't know. I guess not. <laughs> I see the panel you're so, talking about. The most egregious one is definitely the "I have come to kill you." Right? Look at that toilet. Just, just yeah. look at that toilet. Look at look at how like Supreme is standing, the villain standing, the yeah. table, the toilet. It's insane. It's like a dream. Like how people draw dreams. <laughs> it really it's is so bad. It's crazy as hell. And then the color... There's also weird color... I'm telling you, the coloring, dude. There's weird coloring decisions. Like, in the very next panel, the guy's eye is, like, yellow and red for some reason. Oh, he's crazy? Yeah. That's how you know he's crazy. <laughs> he's got the jaundice. The walls, the textured walls, strange. Computer textured, yeah. And yet, for the listener, they're computer textured. They just It doesn't fit at all. All right. I think we spent enough time talking about Supreme. <laughs> yeah. so fun. Now we got to talk yeah, about the just... real stuff. Can I just say something? The back cover of of Supreme Number Two is an ad for Brigade Two. It's like it says, first you felt the blood, now you see it. First ever Miracote cover." The fuck does that Woo! mean? <laughs> what is a Miracote cover? I think it's like reflective or something. It says, oh, mir- "Wait, wait, it's Miracote." But it's spelled M I R R R I C O T E, and it's got that Whoa. weird like gel looking blood all over it. Rub the blood. I wonder if the, yeah. I wonder if the blood is like raised up or like feels funny. I saw well, one the of these first in issue of Brigade was. Oh, that's why I said first you felt the blood, now you see it because the first issue of Brigade you could feel the blood. It was like raised on the cover. That was the rub the blood one, right? Yeah. Okay. 
But now Brigade 2 is, is topping that with a Miracoat cover. Miracoat. <laughs> Man, I, I don't hate that era, though. I'm sorry. That's so insane. That's a crazy shit. Isn't that, it, but isn't that Cabot on the cover? Is, are they fighting Bloodstrike? Yes. Hmm. That's... This, who's the guy with the silver thing? Like Seahawk or something? Yeah, he's the, the weird silver mask. Yeah. Well. There you go. So, Supreme, dude. <laughs> Alright, Bombast number one. This is probably the weirdest one we're going to... Well, this might be the second weirdest one we're going to talk about. Dude, this is a fucking weird fucking just, just to give just to give the audience something some clarity. So back in the early nineties, everybody with like two sticks rubbed together could start a comic publishing company. Yeah. So uh, uh, collect collectible card company Tops decided, yeah, this is something we're going to get into, and Tops Comics was born. Uh, they primarily published like licensed comics, like they did all the Mars Attacks comics, uh, some Xena Warrior Princess stuff. Uh, but they also did this, what they called the Kirbyverse series of books, which was all yeah. based on old Jack Kirby designs. Now, Jack Kirby, yeah. di- Jack Kirby died in 1994 and this, he was imprint started was, in 93. So he was, yeah, he was alive when it launched. Right. Uh, and in fact, I believe it says here, he drew like eight pages for the lead in story. Because oh here was here was the weirdest part about it Satan six he has oh, pages the Sa- in there. Satan six series is, he's got pages so the way yep. this was they had to put a diagram of this on the inside cover so you understand. dude nothing beats nothing beats that diagram oh, that boy. is the funniest shit ever dude so the 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 launch series was Secret City Saga number zero and then uh-huh. there were four one shots Bombast Night Glider Captain Glory and Satan six number one. And then Bombast, Night Glider, and Captain Glory became Secret City Saga issues one through four miniseries. And then Satan Six got three more issues for four issues total. And then it says end dot 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 for now. So all the, all of this got published. I actually own all of these. I've got them all yeah, in a in a six for a dollar bin about a ha, dude, six months ago. It, issue zero is actually pretty cool. It's it's uh, Steve Ditko. Yep. Is, didn't didn't Simonson ink well, it too? Well, what's crazy is all the names attached to all these books. In fact, I've got crazy, I've yeah. got a list here. Um, awesome. Let's see here. No, that's not my list. Where's my list? Uh, here we go. So, um, shit, it doesn't say that. But like Captain Glory was done by Thomas and Dicto, Dicko. Mm-hmm. Um, Silver Star was written by Kurt Busak. Uh, Night Glider was uh, Jerry Conway, Don Heck. Don mm-hmm, yeah. uh, Don Heck's like a all legend, a legend. Um, and then uh, this one we're about to read by uh, Bombast as art by Dick Ayers, who's another uh, Atlas Marvel era DC legend. Mm-hmm. And Roy Thomas plot. Well, Roy Thomas wrote a bunch of these. Roy Thomas, of course, is. Uh, was Stan Lee's number two. He was editor at Marvel yep. for years. He did a lot of epic runs on on stuff at Marvel and DC. I'm a big fan of his uh, his um. Yeah, his stuff's great. He's good. Why am I blanking on the All Star Squadron? That's it. But uh, these books are. It's a lot of old legends. Yep, and they're all coming together to do these Jack Kirby designs and Jack Kirby ideas and bombast basic. Basically, the covers of these things were 
the design Jack. They're drawn by Jack Kirby, and they're basically pinups by Jack Kirby. That they took these pinups and made. They're probably all unrelated, and they made them into like this team, this cohesive universe. And I think on the Satan Six one, McFarlane inked the cover or something. Maybe to, I'm pretty sure to uh, Kirby's uh, pencils. Fits. He was known for Spawn. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. So this story takes place in Chicago, which but, sort of explains why <laughs> Dragon turns up for reasons. Dude, it is a Chicago out of time. <laughs> like, well, what? there's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, this car is definitely out of time. Like, what time era is this <laughs> Chicago, dude? The, the, this, uh, this gentleman, what's his name? Um, this kind of point of view character, I can't remember his name. But anyway, Junkie? Whatever. You mean you mean Junkie? <laughs> Is that his name, Junkie? I don't think I don't I swear if they they like I don't think they gave him a name. I don't think they name him, dude. And the whole time they're oh, like wow. this Junkie, another another Junkie. And I'm like, god damn, give this guy a name. Wow, he's got no oh. name and he's the got young no, junkie. They just call I always like make it a point to say he's black. Uh, uh, yes. black well, junkie. His, yes. Like what? His, Thank his, you, dude. His <laughs> it's terrible. Is bizarre. You can dude, tell this yeah. book was written by white people. Yes, dude. <laughs> it's bad. You got it all wrong, man. Chill out. Let me rap with you. Oh, <laughs> yes, dude. yes, dude. It's hey, t- fool. What's happening? Ground splitting. <laughs> yes, dude. It's terrible. So anyway, there's an earthquake in Chicago because that happens. And yeah. this kid falls into this underground chamber where he finds this football player in a tube. Yeah. Who is uh, apparently can't he, he cannot speak English <laughs> football player in a tube? <laughs> yeah, it's he, accurate. He, he never speaks English the entire issue, so he spends which was the entire, an insane actually choice. Pretty cool. He spends the entire s- issue I'm, going back and forth with this guy, saying, "I can't understand you. I can't understand you." Dude, that's what I'm saying. Is it's so insane? I can't believe they made that choice to have him the whole issue just be like, "What? Whatever." Like they'll be talking and they'll be completely unrelated. Yeah. So apparently, Can I say that this the, guy's the your, art is actually good, though. Like yeah, the art's incredible. The art is good. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ayer is like I said, is a legend. In, yeah, done. and still was like, and this book is Silver Age is all fucking good. get out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna slight that art, dude. Oh well, like except the, for that one panel. Oh, I mean, there's that, things that you one can slide, infamous but. panel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bomb popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he, apparently this uh, this dude is like a is like either a robot or a genetic clone of some kind from fifteen thousand. Jack, 15, don't get nervous. Fifteen thousand years in the past. Yo, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Sure, ain't no extra from a Spike Lee movie. Why, dude? Has to be Spike Lee. Why did he say that? <laughs> God damn! When I read that, I was like, what? Why would that? Oh, the kid's name is Darren. Says Darren? yo, spaceman, me Darren. Me Darren. Okay, he's got a name. Thank God. Darren, not Junkie. But Darren, this is one time we learned Darren's name, and even later in the issue, they call him Junkie again. No time for this Junkie story. <laughs> we must move on. And I'm like, why? He has a name. His name's Darren. God. So a whole bunch of crap happens. Uh, just man out of time, making a making a fool of himself drawing attention to himself all over the place until finally the law arrives the green (laughs) arm of the law dragon sat there for 15,000 years is like 
costume didn't like disintegrate or he's in a tube he didn't grow a long ass beard he was in a tube he's in a tube preserved preserved hermetically sealed his muscles haven't atrophied oh but dude they said they did at least give that a concession they said the tube kept him alive you know yeah yeah. All right. So dragons. He's from fifteen thousand years in the past, but they were apparently way more advanced than us. But also, too, not because he also misses nature all the time and is terrified of cars. This guy's all over the goddamn map. He map-ed, is all over dude. the place. Does. He lives in a place where maybe it's organic machines. I think that's the implication. Yeah. Can we but. say one thing? It's uh, there's a Severin that is credited as helping with the art here too. And that name's hitting my ears like Mad Magazine related because some of these faces are very Mad Magazine. John Severin's a famous artist. Yeah, I was gonna say that's Mad, right? Hold Is on. he from Mad? No, didn't he do like Avengers and stuff? Hold Maybe on. he did Mad too. I have the power of the internet. Thank you. <laughs> EC Comics. John Severin. Wait, I lost it. How do you spell it? Spell Sergeant spell, Fury. Spell to me. Sergeant Fury. Uh, let's see. Severin, you want to spell? Never mind. Right now, Michelle Fife is rolling in his grave. Yes, dude. But I'm just saying, I love it. Like, I love the faces. Like, these are good ass faces. I think he inked. Yeah. I think he linked a lot. Inked a lot of the stuff. Ayers penciled. Because I'm seeing a lot of the same titles between the two of them. But yes, he's from the- that same general era. He did a bunch of Call the Conqueror and lots of EC comics. And yes, he did Mad Ma- he did some Mad Magazine stuff, but he did Mad Magazine in like for like issue number one through like ten. Oddly enough, those must have been but what he, I saw. He must <laughs> he did a lot of sixties Marvels work. Yeah, he must have. I think he inked Wally Wood on Mad Magazine number like the early Mad Magazines. Just to guess. But, um, so anywho, but yes, he's another legend brought out of retirement for this grand experiment. <laughs> yeah, you were saying Bombast. Dragon shows up and gets a chop in the neck. Yep, they they have a throwdown. Um, from all cops are bastards bombast. <laughs> Fuck the police bombast. Yeah, no one lays hands on bombast. <laughs> At least Dragon didn't have to travel to, like, New York again. It's true. He got to do this in his own hometown. Yeah. I do kind of like the weird gimmick, so they kind of try, they like, they call him the Catapult Man the whole time. Yeah. And it's weird. That's weird how they kind of sort of link catapults to this. I think it's cool what his gimmick really is, though, is he seems like he can just kind of, like, fling the shit out of, like, his, you know, he can jump, throw things, so... In a way, it's funny to have him fighting Dragon in this way. Right, because he's also got super aim. Super aim and weaponizing things. Like, he's weaponizing manhole covers and trash and bricks. And I'm just like, oh, you know, Dragon would have been actually a really killer match if they'd known his power set. Yeah. And then we get that amazing panel of Bombast leaping away in the background with Dragon in the foreground. His hand precariously placed... (laughs) In front of his legs to make Bombast look like a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> the most egregious tangent this, infraction ever. This is yeah. like a classic no-no. Yeah. And then on the top of that same page, we have Bombast eluding Dragon via jumping too far. Which, again, it's just like, no, dude. No. 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 
dragon jump real good. It's like his yeah. primary power. It's like he's got a goddamn rocket up his ass. He can jump like crazy. Although so that... <laughs> you know, you know, he does. You know, he does jump around. But back in the early image days, jump around, jump around, jump around. Dragon doesn't <laughs> jump around as much as you would think. Malcolm jumps around a lot, a but lot more. Dragon yeah. doesn't as much. He does, but he, not as much. Pretty good, dude. Remember through the roof that iconic through the roof to shoot that, the guys. But, yeah. but that's him falling through the roof. No, he jumped. He jumped up. He, he jumped. He leapt up. Yep. Jumped up and he came did down. A, I don't and know. Flip. Did it like a dive down. Yep. And then he jumped out of the water and that against Bad Rock. Yeah, but that's yeah. in water. You can jump higher in water. That's what Mega Man taught me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, now, and so Dragon exits the story and never comes back. Yep, he's not in the rest of this issue. <laughs> Although some other cops from 1953 show up, <laughs> although yeah, I swear I swear this one female cop towards the end, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Alex. But they definitely don't call her that. She does they call not, her. No. Yeah, they call her someone else. And what's funny is people even talk like the past. Yeah, like they talk like the past. Like it's so weird. Operator, get me the commissioner. <laughs> Sir, this is an Arby's. <laughs> I love the police car. Is that from the past or the future? I don't know. The Nobody sh- knows. These Chicago cops, they have like checkerboards on their hats. <laughs> like, it's so weird, dude. What's up with the car? Did you look at the police car? It's weird. It's like... Well, it's it's either from the future or the past. I can't tell. <laughs> it's so wide and square, and yet... I don't know. It looks like it should hover. Also, I'm now realizing this robotic guy has roller skates. You mean Death Roller Blades. Death Flash has heelies. <laughs> he does look very Kirby-ish, though. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, his design is actually awesome as hell. And yeah. I love the way he's colored. Yeah. I do. I like the, like, the purpley eyes and yeah. silver skin. But blues and magentas, yeah. He's cool, though. So this is a really weird comic. And I'm glad we got it to really share is. it with you. Yeah, Captain Captain Glory at the end Ooh. is the weirdest looking here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Captain Glory is just really out of place. Like, he doesn't look like he matches the other two. Which is what Night Glider. Yeah, Night Glider. Yeah, I like how her name's Glida. Glida. Night Glider. Yeah, Captain Glory, just weird dude. Just he's, he's it's his color scheme, also his star face mask. A lot of and things. the weird, just the weird twist of his torso. Some wrestler. Hey, he's like basically his, a wrestler, isn't he? <laughs> like the way his knees are turned towards Night Glider, but the way he's like, sort of like his, you know, it's just weird. He's a weird dude. Can I, can I let you guys in on a secret? Hmm. I have this issue. So do I. Mm-hmm. Sealed. I never opened it. I opened it for this podcast. <laughs> because of the Chromium card inside, and I thought I was going to make millions off of it. You may yet. <laughs> I can't imagine this is. There's very many of these people. When I wake keep... up fifteen thousand years from now, <laughs> <Right. Well, laughs> keep, keep, what's up, John Turkey? What's in your hands? Keep this in mind, <laughs> Raven. I I bought every issue of these Tops comics for in in a six for a dollar bin, and they were all mm. sealed and they all had their cards. Oh, <sighs> I stand corrected. Tops must have <laughs> overprinted the shit out of this. It was 1993. Oh, Everyone you betcha. overprinted. 
This was going to be the next big thing. Dude, if they printed a thousand of these, it's probably overprinted for today's standards. <laughs> yeah. All right, enough bashing on Bombast. We got to get something <laughs> uh, better. So we got the Max number six. Now, I've never read the Max, Max. either. All oh, of the Max. You've read the Max. Have you read the Max, Craig? I got. I have this issue. I think I have all the original issues up to, like, I don't know, maybe issue, like, ten, and then I stopped. I didn't finish the Max. I started, I but I never finished. And it wasn't I thought a, it was cool. I just felt felt like I didn't know what was going on ever. Mm, I think it's supposed to be dreamlike like that. It is, yeah. It is. And I just kind of felt like I I, I had enough. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so this is cool visuals. I love Sam Keith. Yep, Sam this is Sam Keith's book, and this issue has Dragon in it, but it is more of a Mako issue. Big time, dude. Um, Big time. Who get- and this is the Sam Keith uh, Max had that cartoon on MTV. You guys remember that? I Max. remember it being advertised. I never watched it. Oh, and it was great. They they basically just animated the comics, and then they had to like take Dragon out of this comic for the cartoon. But did they have Mako in it? I believe so. They had Weird. a generic shark dude. He didn't have like generic shark. He didn't have the tubes. But did they have Calvin gotcha. and Hobbes in it? <laughs> right? You know, right? I like how they're just like, eh, fuck it, Calvin fuck and Hobbes. It. Fuck it, Calvin and Hobbes. Just put him in the alley. So, Matt, I assume the Max lives in this cardboard box? He's a homeless man, yeah. I see. So, you... Dragon shows up with an amazing ass. <laughs> the award for weird dragon body types look goes at the, look to... Look at those upper thighs. Dad, goddamn. Yeah. yeah, dude, meaty. He's a meaty boy. He's thick. And right off the bat, you start to see the Sam Keith inconsistency thing because he goes from this weird, kind of cool, spiky-looking fin to the traditional weird fin. Also, his arms lose about three inches. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Sam Keith, dude. He's he's awesome. He's just not going to draw the same thing twice. He's not going to draw the same thing twice. And, 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 And Mako shows up on the next page. And first of all, those are some crazy abs, Mako. Yep. Good job, Mako. Mm-hmm. But you see him here clearly jumping through a, a window or a skylight or something, and he looks naked. Yeah. And yet throughout the issue, he sometimes has his weird shoulder tubes. Yep. And other times he does not. Yep. No uh, real. And no on real one rivalry. panel, he's fully clothed. Yeah, yep. Dude, same Keith, man. Like I said, he just does whatever the fuck he wants. And you could just say it was like a dreamlike state. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you could. Um, I will say these things that I've written down. The Isses. Uh, what the fuck are these creature cops? That they is- are the Isses, which the heavy in this series used them as minions, basically. Like, literally like the minions from yeah. the movie Minions. The movie Minions. <laughs> yeah, they were his minions. and uh, Regular people can't tell what they are. Right, yeah, regular people, you just saw what you wanted. I see, because Dra- Dragon observes that they are short, but that is it. Yep, they're just cops to him. They're just short. Weird. But the uh, Max can see him. I yeah. Uh, oh yes, Mako being called a third-rate uh, villain and a lackey <laughs> is pretty yeah. funny. When uh, you know we consider Mako one of Dragon's like top antagonists. 
right. historically. Although at this time he is at this time he wasn't at, at this time he is a lackey of of Cyberface. I mean not Cyberface Overlord. So you could you can kind of see it, but I gotta say this must be the first time Mako's really been cool. Not hey, even I, he, not even in Savage Dragon is he this cool yet. The, the bloodlust thing I yeah. kind of like. I, yeah, it seems. Well, don't forget at this time, you know, the only thing we know of him is he chewed off uh, Super, Patriot Super Patriot's time. limbs, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like in this, they treat him like a real shark. So, like, he gets blood hungry and, like, you know, for whatever reason, fixates on the mask or the max. Fuck. I would love to say the max. I think it's implied later he was hired to attack the max for some reason. Right. So, it's kind of like, it's funny just, uh, you know, this that's definitely not an element of his character. Like, this berserker sort of thing. I I mean, not it's not brought up often, but I sometimes always got the feeling that it, it was there. You mean like run around and yell, blood, 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 blood. Like he's insane in this issue, dude. He's like fucking nuts. But I like it. I mean, I think it's cool. But do you really think Mako sort of is just insane like that? I think he can be. Maybe he mellowed out with his old age, but. Blood, 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 blood. He's a shark. <laughs> I mean, that's how sharks are. You think it's funny the weird sort of metatextual commentary on violence this whole issue? Yeah. Like, they're selling violence, so it's funny that they would also choose to, like, pick on it a Right, little. so, like, the purple borders is the Max's thoughts, right? I gotta be honest. You don't remember? I mean, the purple ones, like, you could tell when the Max is thinking. But He's like, in, like, his, like, savage world or whatever he calls it, right? The the Outback. The Outback. Yeah. Because there's also, like, this little dude. Well, the like... little red dude, I think... I'm trying to remember. Oh, man. You talk about, like, Michelle Fife going nuts. Or, like, any listener. Like, the fans of the Max. We don't read the Max. We're Savage Dragon (laughs) Podcast. It's just been a while. It's been a while. I think, honestly, that that is Mr. Gone, the villain. And I think he got killed. But, like, he's using Julie's head till he gets his own back. I think the Max decapitated Mr. Gone. And I think that, for whatever reason, this red stick man... Yeah. Is actually, that's Mr. Gone, the head villain. Again, the Max is just real weird, dude. And the art changes amazing, crazily. Uh, ah. Like this weird. Um, that painting painted. is awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. Dude, and then the I, I had characters. to laugh. Can we just pause for a second? The, the scene where the Max gets knocked into a telephone cord store, yes. which is hilarious because, I mean, that's drawing those chord things like you know sam keith's kind of uh it's his thing right the but ribbons. it's just the ribbons that look like that but it's just hilarious that he goes into a store with just thousands of cords hanging from the ceiling and they're all the same color like yeah. what <laughs> just cords is the name of the store yeah and then there's the narrative conceit that they're all hanging out like that because they're cleaning them <laughs> So weird. That's the strangest like thing I've seen in a comic in a while. And also, the only reason why Mako's giving Max trouble is because earlier in the issue, Max glued his hands together. He couldn't get his claws out. Yes, as soon as the solvent from the cords dissolves the glue, oh, buddy. That's <laughs> such a strange, like, I don't know. Who ever would have thought of that? We're right. we're cleaning telephone cords with solvent. 
hanging in a store that just sells telephone cords, and that's how our hero is going to freeze claws. What? What? Yeah, it's it, this. It's off the rails. I love it though. I like honestly, God, it's like so you strange. Can you also, can say can people also not see what the max is? I think he just they always they think he's man. just like some homeless guy, homeless guy, right? Because these these cops pull him out of the rubble and they're saying uh, they're not very even dragons not very like impressed. Yeah, everyone just thinks he's like some insane guy. Yeah, yeah, the hallucinations, dude. There's a like iconic the max thing where like in his head he's riding uh, like a leopard or something like that, and in the real world he's just sitting on a mailbox, like one of those blue mailboxes. Mm. Yeah, and someone's staring at him. He's like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" And like, it's just like, yeah, hallucinations are a big part of the max. Yeah, and you'll see that in the issue where uh, Savage Dragon crosses over with the max. Um, it's the same thing. There's a lot of like weird hallucinating scenes. <laughs> I like I, it. I forget I what issue that's in. But I'm a fan. I know it's weird, but I'm a fan. I think it's cool as shit, dude. Does it make a lot of sense? No. Would I love to see Eric Larson draw Mako in that like super neon weird swim trunk outfit that he has in this one panel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's crank through the rest of these. They're pretty brief. Uh, we got an appearance in Team Blood. Uh, Team Youngblood number three, uh, written by Rob Liefeld and penciled by a chap. Yep, what? Wait, I'm sorry. Before we jump ahead, Mm -hmm. uh, just to to note on the Max cartoon, they replaced Mako in the cartoon with Hammerhead. Ah. Image eight of the Max cartoon adapting issue six of the Max comic book, Mako was replaced with a half-man, half-shark creature called Hammerhead. So that's how they got around that. Sorry. and also, before we leave, sorry, but I made a note, and I think it's cool. Augie DeBleck wrote in on this issue oh, and and said that Augie is short for August. That makes sense. There you go. He was correcting them for fucking his name up. That's it. Moving along. So th- this Team Youngblood issue is another super brief cameo. Apparently there's some doomsday scenario happening with Youngblood. <laughs> Playing out in space. Playing out in space, and Spawn is down on Earth thinking that he should help, but he can't. And Dragon's down on Earth thinking he should do more, but he can't. He's just right. he's just dealing with one his, panel, one, one panel, panel one really fucking weird looking panel. Yeah, Don't look at this guy. That is an Oogie <laughs> Legend of Oogie Dragons. <laughs> Whew, look at those shoes. Ugh. Yeah. High goddamn shoes. Straight from your ankle to your calf. (laughs) Just a guy hanging over his shoulder, you know? Well, listener, there's no reason to look up this comic or buy it. No, it's not good. This is when you say the failed, like, Jim Lee-inspired, like, Liefeld ripoff. Like, this just doesn't work, dude. It's that chap, Yape, and Norm Ratman who did tons of like these kinds of comics i just don't understand i don't know you don't understand i get the appeal to a small extent because like i said when you see dutch like dutch looks cool you know no he doesn't he's got all this crap all over his face dutch he's like the guy (laughs) no it is like almost like imagine if batman's horns were technology wait go to page 18 please okie dokie the bottom panel. 
I am there. Oh, with the thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah, that's Dutch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a cool design. I think he's cool, dude. He's got, like, weird <laughs> blobs for horns. No, see, the thing is, Liefeld drew it one way, and it looked a lot better. Right. Oh, and like, like, And then, like, wait, wait, I just want to say, like, look at 18, and then go look at 20. <laughs> what? How the oh. hell can you, like, do anything with that on your face? Oof. Yeah. That's a that's a design. I mean, I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's got a weird appeal to it. I can't yeah. describe it, but there's something about it. Like, look at the little belts around the, like, you know, the swingy buccaneer boots. Uh-huh. Dude, I get it. I get his it. His pants but... have are we- his shoes are wearing jeans. I know, dude. I know, dude. Like I said, his I shoes know. are wearing jeans. It's I know funny. because it's true. Look at the little belt buckle. Like it's got like little, little jean skirts. It does, dude. And for some reason, though, like I said, I just like the shading on the knee pads. I don't know, dude. I love it. I wish I could articulate it better. No, uh, I, I get I, it. I understand why this appeals to you. All those goddamn tubes. <laughs> but my god, I can't help but look at this and go, "This is the worst." On page twenty one, I'll tell you this what's is the this is a this issue this art is like the cliche in reality. It is. No, it really is. Uh, on page twenty one, um, the kids like the extreme art style was yeah. never meant to render children. Like it just doesn't work. His arm is like huge. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's bad. It's just bad. So I don't want to bash t- it, but it's yeah. The, the art's know. terrible. It's got it, its it charms, but it's but, just not but good. You're totally on it, Jim. Like when people talk about bad '90s art, this is the issue they're talking about. Yeah, one hundred percent. The funny thing is, like I, I understand what you're saying with Dutch. Like if you look at a Liefeld drawing of Dutch, like where he probably just did like a cover, he makes the things on his head look like it could work. But when like a Liefeld imitator does it, no. Nah. I get it. I totally agree, too. Like, the funny thing is, Dude, if, like, if you scroll through the whole issue, the thing on Dutch's head changes its look so many freaking times. It's yeah, unreal. You, yeah, we talked about Sam Keith, but, like, dude, there's no visual consistency here at all. None. Yep. It's there's rough. just too much going on. I also think... Keep that, like, it simple, stupid. <laughs> Seriously, think- though. The choice to have, like, you you have Savage Dragon and you have Spawn and you've been given permission to use them and you've got this giant crisis, like, show them kicking ass. Yeah. Don't just have them lamenting that they can't, like, draw them kicking ass (laughs) and be like, all right, you guys have to see this. Turn to to page 15. Mm -hmm. The the bottom. When you hear the bell, turn the page. Yes, turn to page 15 and look at the bottom (laughs) right-hand panel. (laughs) Oh no! I'm on my way now. Oh, I'm no. pretty sure that's Bad Rock. I know exactly what you're going to talk about, Jim. All right, yep. Go ahead. Dude. Surpri- yeah. No, you you surprise me. Tell me what I'm ta- what I want to talk about. The purple sack hanging over his shoulder, mm-hmm. his right shoulder, and yet <laughs> it appears that his right hand is still <laughs> down at his side. 
So what is holding that purple sack up? I don't know. Oh boy. What is holding that purple sack up? That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know. What is that thing on the ground? It's a yo-yo. Is it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's more creative than what I think, which is nothing. I think it's just <laughs> some fucking weird, like, debris. Oh, man. All right, let's get the, away the from sack. this. <laughs> yeah, you you nailed it, though, dude. You you nailed it. Like, this is what, when people pick on the 90s, this is what they have in their mind. That's it. Yeah. All right. So uh, page 15, it's actual Rob Liefeld on the left panel, <laughs> like chiseled Rob Liefeld. Dude. And then the again, bottom left. like we're talking about Oogie things. They did with like Oogie names and Oogie stuff. Like they have a character in this named Kirby. Yeah. Who's clearly meant to be like some kind of weird loving Jack Kirby Amish. Yeah. But he's like a fucking midget with a cigar. Like it's just strange, strange. Does he have big eyebrows? Because that's a Jack Kirby thing. I mean, yeah, he's got the cigar and everything. Yeah, he's like, "Kid, hey, kid," you know, <laughs> like you could tell what they're going for. I was just like, "I know you love the man, but don't put him in the comic like that." Oh, oh that's right. Here at the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, at the very beginning, Kirby's yeah. the guy with white hair and the cigar. Yeah, and the... that is Jim getting away from this conversation. <laughs> I'm out of here. He saw right. Kirby. He's like, Burr. okay. One last thing to talk about. So there's this comic series called Tribe, of which exactly one issue came out from Image, mm-hmm. issue number one, and mm-hmm. then there were three additional issues, all self-published. Now I looked up some information on this comic, and there's some interesting facts about it. Before we get real into it, just just to give the audience something. And it well, actually is interesting, is what's funny. Yeah. Well, and try, are you going to talk about who's behind it? Yes. Uh, created right. by Todd Johnson and Larry uh, Stroman. And yep. Larry Stroman at the time was super hot on X Factor. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Like, I was collecting those issues and loving his art. Like, he was one of the top artists at the time. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's, he's pretty prolific. Um, to be fair, I still think there's a huge appeal to this art. We'll get into it. I'll let you say your thing, Jim. Yeah. Well, apparently, Tribe Number One is like the best-selling all African American creative comic of all time. It yeah, sold like million a million issues. issues, which is why million I, seller. I find it in bins all the time. Yeah, uh, that's this thing is fucking everywhere, dude. If you're looking in a quarter bin, you're gonna find a copy of Tribe. The crazy thing is, like, I didn't even know he was African-American when I was a kid collecting this right. because I never saw artists like, yeah, like, you know, you yeah, there was no internet. Know. You had no way. Yeah. Unless it was in like wizard, like top 10 artists or whatever. But I just remember not even realizing that, you know, not that it matters either way, but I don't, I think a lot of it, too, like people just bought it because the art was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and tribe's whole thing is that it's it's primarily a African American cast, other minorities yeah. cast, and that kind of gives it a unique sort of like uh, purpose in this era. Yeah. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. it only got like the one image issue and a bunch of like self published follow ups. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't. Do, do you guys know the story behind that? Uh, do you, is that we no? Apparently, well, why? due to delays and stuff, just various changes. The creative did they like boot him because it was taking too long? 
Because I feel like there was there was a time where like um like the they pared down image a bit because of like there were too many comics coming out. Like I know like Shaman's Tears got the boot and I don't know Trencher did, but like a few comics did at the time and left the sour taste in some people's mouths, but they were trying to like kind of solve their problems with like watering down the brand and stuff. Right. Yeah. That second wave, there was a lot of books mostly by Liefeld. Um, but, uh, yeah, I get that sense too. I mean, Trencher, I would say was one of the better ones. So I, I think, I think Giffen just moved on. Well, it's not that I get the sense. I know it had, I I don't know the complete story, but I remember like Mike Grell's Shaman's Shaman's Tears was one of them. There was a few books that got the boot, not because the sales are bad per se, but because they were, I believe trying to like clean things up. I see. With late books and well, and, it says here this this issue sold a million copies, so it couldn't possibly yeah. have been the sales reason if it got kicked off. No, by... it might have been too getting too late or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know the story behind this one. I'm just saying. But yeah, it, I couldn't but, find it. I but looked, it, but it is slightly interesting, and I, I didn't realize Larry Stroman was so uh, so prolific. I mean, he also did Alien Legion, which I am aware of, although I have not read his particular arc. Uh, Alien Legion was a pretty good, like ind- independent, like sci-fi series. That I think was published through the Epic imprint at Marvel for a while, and then on its own elsewhere. Um, but what's relevant to us is that in issue three of Tribes, published by Access Comics, Dragon shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to get too much into it, but there's a big fight scene going on. I assume coming off of uh, previous issues events, we got some pretty interesting looking characters here. Uh, predominantly, this one woman with a Giant, giant <laughs> hips. She looks that a lot my... like she looks a lot like Buttress from like the later SOS lineup. Yeah, you're Dragon. right. You remember yeah, her? Yeah. I, yep. I, I used to call her Thunder Thighs, which now that I say it out loud is pretty rude. But uh, you're horrible. Apparently, uh, or, or, originally, <laughs> I guess officially, her name was Buttress, and I'm pretty sure she got murdered by Kerr. Rosalind, and remember, if you remember my quote, I said. Man, dude, when I first saw that butt, I was like, I didn't know you could draw them that big. It was like Strowman unlocked the code. I will say this. Not a lot of people go with the unusual body types, and it's kind of refreshing. Um, Yeah, dude. Like, What's funny is you still, to this day, I would say, don't have this character in comics. No. Is what's funny. Like, I don't think like anybody's going to do it like this. So, and you actually see that body type on the reporter too. Yeah, so reporter's also uh, unusually shaped, or or more accurately, um, not unusually shaped. She's um, leg heavy, just just different than your typical than you would see, in particular during this era. Um, but during this big fight, the cops all show up, and of course, who comes along with the cops? But Dragon, Dragon is here. For he's a cop. He's a cop. He's here. <laughs> He's going to show up. <laughs> um, although I think this is taking place in New York, so this almost must take place during that, that between period again uh, when he's in New York. In fact, they, in fact, where is it? Where is it? They actually mentioned pizza eating talking turtles. <laughs> yeah, there's a nod. Yeah, for sure. From so, Dragon, right? Th- yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Dragon's here, and he confronts him. He says, I'm going to arrest all of you, and... 
they all attack him. And he winds up with this woman on top of him. And he has got the weirdest fucking face on this panel. <laughs> well, can I say that prior to this page, that was a rock-solid dragon, right? Yeah, yeah, he looks pretty good getting out of the cop car. And from, yeah. and from behind when he's in like in semi-shadow. Yeah, so prior to this page, like he, Strowman is knocking it out of the fucking park. Like, that's a good dragon. You're right. When Rosalind's on top of him, like straddling his knee, super gratuitous butt shot. It almost seems like the artist changed for these last few pages. Dude, that fucking... Uh, I don't think the so. way his head works. <laughs> so looks like, he looks like he's eating her head. Yeah, for the listener, if all you have is our audio, like this picture of Dragon, he's got this in almost like a uh, like a Komodo dragon's head looks. Yeah. Like instead of the way a human's like skull connects to the base of their neck, like his fucking neck is just going like straight up from like the back of his uh from his back to like the top of the back of his head. And even the fin looks wrong. Like more wrong like he got it more right in previous pages. And then, like, just totally whiffs on this page. You can tell all the focus was on the butt. Yeah, it's it's so strange. 100% butt shot. Like, that's all it was. They even have the wordplay where he goes, So you were uh, explaining that uh, your friends are not uh, behind this? And the word behind is, like, bolded. Right. Because <laughs> cause this woman has tackled him to the ground. So, yeah. Everyone was concerned with emphasizing the butt on that mm, panel. Yes. <laughs> so this issue came out in 1994, and it would not get a conclusion for two years when they eventually released Tribe Number Zero. Which uh, bizarrely through, was Tribe Number Four, four actually. It, yes. Um, and we actually get a conclusion to Dragon's involvement here, which I did not expect because I actually thought this was the last issue. Right. So this new villain has arrived, and actually, let's check the creative team really quick. It, it's still Todd Johnson and Larry Stroman. Yep. The, new vi- the villain's name is pretty awesome. What is the villain's name? I'll let you read it for yourself. Hold on. Well, I got to know where to find it first. Uh, the f- black box on the what, second page. Lord Deuce? <laughs> well, it's not Lord Deuce. It's Lord Deus. Oh, all right. Because but... De- Deus X, I think, is what they're going for. Oh. Uh... It's still not great. It's still questionable. Chuck-a-deuce. But uh, Dragon's still here, of course, and now he's fighting on the side of these uh, of these other of these heroes because uh, this Lord Deus has killed a cop. So very clearly that he's the bad guy. Um, of course, this villain appears to be sitting. Well, it's weird because he comes in not sitting on a he's chair. Got like the Mobius chair, and then suddenly he's yeah. sitting in a Mobius chair. Yeah, and big time. And just to get Dragon out of the story, they just Genius. time travel him away. And this is where it gets weird. So, apparently, they've time traveled Dragon to a... How, how do they say it here? Your friend will find first-time time travel most disorienting, considering I had no time to set any particular destination. Not that knowing where he was going would make his ride more pleasant... Just something to remember. And so Dragon gets time-traveled, and he like he falls out of this chair. He's on fire, and he lands in a farmer's field that all catches fire. And you get that classic Savage Dragon pose of yep. Dragon in the burning field. 
And you get a little editor's note at the bottom saying, Savage Dragon number one for you completionists out there. Still a fine series. So, and, and, oh, and there's one last thing. The, the chair has a, has, a, has a dialogue. The chair says, incomplete sequence instructions, reset and return to point. Oh, the chair is just going back where it came from. Never mind. I thought that it had something to do with Dragon being in this burning field. No. So I, it's implying, like, they're depositing the Dragon at the origin, but it doesn't make any sense because that would mean Dragon's in, like, a time loop. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the chair is talking about Dragon there. Yeah. Because the chair doesn't go back. Like, so I think the gag was is that they're trying to, like, time loop Dragon. Like, oh, this is his origin. And it's like, no. <laughs> it doesn't work. What a crazy It's pretty ballsy ass. to do, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and like, you know, when 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 you whenever we talk about the burning field that we dragon is found in, do you ever imagine it to be like a a country farm? I always thought. No, I thought of, it was like an alley. Or yeah, something, well, like some, yeah like, I always think yeah. of it as like a as a, like a, a, a empty lot. Yeah, yeah. He's in a park. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's very weird. It's very clear they just want to get him out of the story as quickly Dude, as possible. The drawing on the cow and the sun. does not match for the listener like the rest of the comic is drawn very much like on model the drawing of the cow and the sun on this field this farm field the dragon strange dude it's like a child drew it like the sun is a big circle with little squiggles coming off of it i think it's i think it's a joke but it's it's (laughs) very strange yeah it's weird and that thus concludes dragon's involvement yep and so that those were all the dragon appearances in this time. Well, this one's even later than that, but it, it didn't really tie into anything later. So we just decided to cover it here. But, um, yeah, dragon got around a bit in the early days. Some for, some for good. Most for pretty, um, forgettable. He was the shovel knight of his time. Oof. Yeah. More. Well, yeah, you could say that. For the non-video game initiated, there's just a modern equivalent that's perfect. Like, Shovel Knight's a video game character who's very popular, and brother, they put him in anything. Like, he's all over the fucking place. So, yeah, definitely, I don't think Eric was way too strict on these crossovers. (laughs) You, You gotta wonder. I mean, they were probably just people he met at conventions and said, yeah, do it. Well, most of them are image like tied. I, I bet you like the tribe one was already set in motion. Yeah. And I did a little reading. Uh, Mike Grell's Shaman Tears was uh, booted because of like time constraints. Like there was a quote I just saw. I was like McFarlane was like, "These guys aren't going to just get rich off of us." So basically saying like a lot of guys were coming through image, putting out books, selling tons of copies, and then like not hitting deadlines. And so it was. You know, on top of the creator, the the founders doing it. When you have a bunch of you know second tier guys doing it as well, it's starting to get even worse. So, I do think that tribe probably suffered that same fate. They probably took them too long to get issue two out. You know, it's funny you should say that, Craig, because I remember a very recent thing where he said he was interviewing somebody and he said the problem with the image. He said everybody thinks it's a, like it was just a bunch of lazy, undisciplined artists. He said, but he said every every first issue is a million seller. He said so you would do one issue, get a check for a quarter of a million dollars, and he said people just leave. Yeah, 
So yeah, that makes that might have not saying that's what happened, but geez, imagine that you're like you make the biggest selling like African American comic in history, U.S. history, still apparently hasn't been topped. You're probably gonna fuck around a bit. Yeah, I think that's what was happening. So, so yeah, that was a, right. a deep dive there. Yeah, some yeah. comics I had read and some I had never read. I had no I intention had, of. <laughs> I had never read any of these. Really? Yeah. Well. I guess it's a little different. Like I was collecting all these at the time. So like I was just scooping up at the time, like you would just, you know, grab anything you could because there wasn't that much of it out there. You know, right? it's weird because I read the spawn one as it came out. I read the yeah. max one as it came out. Um, some of these I had just seen. I think I read the, yeah, I read the Supreme one as it came out. Yep. But then, like, some of these I've just seen over the years. Like, just that weird Oogie. There's just so many of these Oogie dragons that, like, people love for some <laughs> reason. And they'll, they'll be like, oh, look at this pinup. And I'm like, god damn, that's horrible, dude. Like, but I don't know. It's crazy. I read The Spawn as it came out. I read The Shadowhawk as it came out. The Supreme as it came out. I looked at the cover of The Bombast because I never opened it. <laughs> the Max, I... I read when it came out. I did not read Team Youngblood. I think that probably came out so much later that I just forgot about it. And the same thing with Tribe. Like for years, I didn't know that Tribe ever made more than that one issue. Me too, dude. I literally had no idea. And before before this FinCast, I didn't know there was more than one issue. And I never knew the story either. It's crazy. I thought, here's what's so funny. Okay, no, for real, I thought it died a sales death. I was like, oh, geez, that's sad. It didn't succeed because it looked, was so cool. It was a complete reverse. Like, it yeah. like succeeded like fucking crazy, and that probably was what did it in. It's bizarre, dude. It's crazy to learn that. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if we'll need to do another one of these episodes in a few year in a few um, dozen episodes. I don't know how many more like guest appearances or crossovers happen in the next few years. Seems less and less, less and less over time. Exactly. Um, But uh, if there are, you know, some that we missed or some that we'll get to, we'll maybe try it again. But for the, for the ongoing future, we're finally going to actually review some Savage Dragon comics. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) I think any of the like tie-ins could probably be reviewed in the same episode as like the regular issue. Yeah. We could probably squeeze them in. You think like six years down the road, we'll be like, just like, and in that PVP image series, uh, here's Troll and Dragon fighting for one panel, and then we just move on. <laughs> and uh, that, one, that one issue of Hellhounds, and that... There's not much that's in, like integral to the Dragon story. Right. We're going to be getting a lot more miniseries coming up, uh, as well as Freak Force. So there's still a lot of more, like spin-off stuff that we're going to be getting to, but not so much the guest appearance stuff. Right. Which is why I want to crank all this out now, uh, when it was still semi-relevant. Yeah, you know, and it was, a, it was an important time, though, for Image Comics. Like, these guys, like I said, there wasn't a lot of dragon issues out there, so, anyway, you know, we were just starting to see him for the first time, and, and we were learning about him through all these other comics and learning that he was just, a, you know... Not a cop very, getting not very good at jumping. <laughs> yeah. 
super into the law. Yes. Fascist, fascist dragon. Really into the law. We have laws for society. We Let me ask a, you dudes. We live in a society. <laughs> Let, me, <laughs> Let me ask you dudes. So, um, is this something that you miss? Like, when you, would you like to see, like, you know, just Malcolm showing up all over? Like, is this something you wish uh, was still going on? Or did you just not give a shit? I think the inconsistency hurts it. Yeah. You think I, it's negative? No, what I'm, I miss more of, like, stuff that would matter. Like, so if it was, like, highbrow, like, Eric Larson stuff, like, Super Patriot, where Dragon shows up, or something mm-hmm. like that, where... It really meant something. But... Oh, right. And Super Patriot shows up in Glory Number 1. Uh, in, like, the first two pages where she's reminiscing about her World War II days. I I do miss, like, Eric having his own, like, side miniseries and stuff like that. Because yeah. you're able to flesh out more of the story. Mm-hmm. I do not miss when there's important details in other books. Uh-huh. And then, like... You'd, oh yeah, you'd yeah. totally Which miss we, out on it twenty years later. We will get to someday when we we do some. Uh, was it blood strike issues or no? It's uh, yeah, blood strike issues. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that in a few months. Yeah, I mean back then though, like all, the fan base was reading everything out of Image, so it, you know what I mean. It wasn't like you were missing anything. But now, fast forward thirty years later, twenty seven, seventeen, whatever. I just know, I just know that like it was cool at the time because it felt like as someone that was just getting into this and it was all so exciting and it was also yeah. cool. It was cool at the time to see Dragon just popping up fucking it was, everywhere. It was like the birth of a new Marvel comics in a way, you know, and you it wanted was, to see. Well, it was the birth of a comic publisher. I mean, this happens right. when you're published when you're new. You throw. Well, especially when you're trying to build a shared universe, because that was that was one of the goals. Where, of course, was to have that shared image universe. That's why you see Super Patriot in the Young Blood stuff all the fucking time, right? right. Uh, it, it almost feels like sometimes that Super Patriot, reading some of this stuff, it almost feels like Super Patriot's more of a Extreme Studios character than a Savage Dragon character, even though we know that's not true. Yeah, he was almost in goddamn X Force, like <laughs> so weird. It's just, I don't know, like I said, it's cool that, it was cool at the time, but like all these cameos, I think you're right. Like, I think they have the potential to not be so awesome. You know what I mean? Like if if something's weird and off brand, like somebody could read it and be like, and I think like maybe that's like, it just lends itself to that whole dragon is a cop Uh, thing. And this, how many times can you have dragon go to like New York or somewhere to like try to catch some guy and it's a misunderstanding and yeah you're under arrest it's like okay there's only so many times you can do it before it gets pretty old yeah fuck them fuck these cameos dog (laughs) Ah, i enjoyed them when they came out you can you can sort of tell why eric likes to co-plot these now oh yeah dude big time (laughs) that way you don't have bizarre i can't jump this gap or just bizarre dialogue Stuff you would never say, yeah. <laughs> or just uh, Oogie like 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 super giant like dragon all giant and shit. It's like no, he's not super giant. All right, well, 
Yep, we got. We, uh, we've run out. We've run out of things to say. So <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, dear listeners. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Craig. And we'll be back you, uh, uh, next time with probably another with an episode about Savage Dragon. If you want to add your input or anything like that, what's the the email? Savagefincast at gmail dot com or leave a comment on our uh, website savagefincast dot com. Beautiful thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>